go ahead and get started here. If you, uh, if you don't mind, grab a seat. And we'll get started. It doesn't? Okay. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Thank you. It's a laser. All right. Let's go ahead and grab a seat and we'll get started here. We've got a, got a barbecue to get to uh, here, so uh, I've got uh, I've got people twisting my arm to be done sooner than later here, so I figure I can pack this all into about two hours. So, um, um, anyways, uh, let's see. Do we have pictures of? There we go. Some pictures of the 5K race. How many of you got to run or participate, volunteer? Any of you? Anyone have a good time at that? Woo, that was good. Some pictures there of uh, the starting line. We got the, the football coach from North High School there uh, shared with people, and then there's the. The start of the race there, so it was a, it's a great time there. Um, I will look at a couple pictures here. Next week we're going to have probably a full blown. There we are. All right. <laughs> That's good. We got got a couple strollers and uh, we got David Coleman breathing heavily back there. I think on the one. So. Uh, next one we've got here's some prizes there got uh, some ribbons and Ryan's chewing on his gold there that's pretty cool Alan got third place in his age division and he won about 10 door prizes so that was uh, he went home a happy man so uh, but anyway so that was a great uh, I think it was a great time we're still uh, in the process of tallying the results but it seems possible that um we, we had a goal of like $6,500 more uh, from this event to give to North High School so they could complete the, the purchase of the bleachers over there. And by our initial estimates, it seems like we might have exceeded that $6,500 number. So, that's, uh, definitely a glory to God thing there. So, you, you know, you can keep praying that, it, that you know, we're not making any mathematical errors or anything there. Um, after I pay the, the Denver Police Department, we'll have to deduct a little bit. But it uh, looks like next year they, they've suggested that we, we go bigger as far as our hiring, you know, off-duty cops at the intersections and things like that. You know, 200 people running through a red light was not favorable, I guess. So, uh, but no, they're, they're, they're gracious and, you know, we're we're going to keep, by God's grace, keep growing this race. It was over, I think over 200 participants ran this year, whereas last year it was closer to 100. So um, just a lot of cool things happened there. Uh, I know for me personally, I improved on my time by uh, four minutes and 40 seconds. So that was, uh, I was, I was glad about that. But uh, miracles still happen. Um, the guy in my age group, I'm in the 40-something category, uh, if you didn't know that. Um, I was hoping to have as few participants in that category as possible, so I had a fighting chance. I was glad Scott didn't make it there and some others uh, gave me some room. But the guy that won it in my age category, he was pushing a stroller. Um, he, uh, you know, I don't know. I went and talked to him later, but I was just trying to make sure it wasn't a motorized stroller. Just said... But he, he got sixth overall in the race with a time of 21 minutes and six seconds pushing the stroller. I was like, wow. How old are you, buddy? How, how much longer do I have you in my age group? Um, but uh, he's the same age, unfortunately. But anyways, a lot of good things. Another thing, as some of you might have seen, uh, the over 60 age category, um, there were several over 60 men that beat me by significant amounts of time. Um, 
it's just wild. So, I mean, there's a lot to be encouraged about and a lot to improve on, I think. Here. But it was, uh, it was a great race. I appreciate all the volunteers that helped out, helped make it possible. There was quite a team there for the day of and stuff. And just thank you guys for all your efforts, all your labor. And we just trust that God's going to be glorified. You know, sometimes I think uh, a lot of people pitched in. It's easy to go, well, we're the church that, like, was the catalyst to it all. But there was a lot of sponsors that pitched in, a lot of money and different things. And one of the things uh, that I think about it all is that everyone pitched in maybe for their own different reasons. Some, uh, you know, because they get a tax deduction. Some maybe because, uh, you know, they get their name out there. Um, but really, I think the reason we wanted to sponsor this event, we started to sponsor is because we, uh, we know that Jesus has called us to be a blessing to our neighbors. And um, we want to bless North High School because um, our Lord and Savior has blessed us. And so that's our motivation. I hope that's your motivation. If there's other motivations out there, like, you know, setting uh, world record times or something like that, then that's really the heart of why we do what we do. And a lot of people pitched in, though, to make it happen. But uh, anyways, we're just going to give... A little thanks here for that. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to share. Really, I think we have a, a kind of a fall season coming up here. We're going to be shifting gears, and the, the hope is to be sharing um, with a lot of people just why we do what we do, the, the good news about what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. And we want to be sharing that as a church. We want to be sharing that personally. We want to be inviting people to join us here to hear uh, hear that, that good news, really. And I'm going to share a, a story with a few lessons that I think hopefully Will, will motivate you all like, like they've been motivating me uh, to think about this. So we'll, we'll pray. We'll jump into that. Let's just pray here. Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning, just the opportunity to come together, to worship you together. God, we just give you all the, the glory and the praise and the credit for anything good that happened uh, at the Firehouse 5K yesterday. We thank you for all the, um, the proceeds. God, it seems like it's just exceeded what we were hoping for or aiming for. And God, we just ask you to bring that all to completion. Um, God, we thank you for keeping us safe on coming up that big old hill, keeping us safe crossing intersections. Um, God, we just thank you for all the prayers that you so graciously answered. And um, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to hear from you this morning, each one of us. You know what's going on in our lives. You know where we are in our, our spiritual journeys. I just pray you would speak to each one of us this morning. Help us to hear from you. Help us to respond to you. Um, we just ask for for this grace this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, it was about 36 years ago, July 31st. It's probably a day similar to to yesterday, Saturday. It was a Saturday. And um, later in the day... Um, A storm was blowing in from the east and from the south here in Colorado, and it was pushing a a large mass of of moist air towards the foothills. And um, they say, reports say that the clouds and the moisture rose rapidly and arose beyond the elevation of 60,000 feet. And that weekend, there happened to be a large number of people in the canyon. Um, It was the... 1976, it was the 100-year celebration of the forming of the state of Colorado. So a number of people were up towards Estes Park, up the Big Thompson Canyon, for for celebrating that. There was going to be some festivities related to that. They say um, some estimates had it to over 3,500 people 
were camping or hiking or staying in cabins up the canyon there. Um, later that evening, the storm began to develop. One person that was a witness to this put it like this. My brother and I um, were playing tennis on the courts by Estes Park High School at the time, right before the flood. I noticed the darkest cloud I'd ever seen was coming towards us. David Jennings from Loveland, Colorado. Um, they say that uh, there were certain atmospheric conditions that caused this. Normally the winds at higher elevations would blow a storm like this off the front range quickly. They say for some reason the, the winds above 10,000 feet were uh, uncommonly weak and the system stalled out over the front range. And different reports have amounts anywhere from 10 inches to 14 inches of rain came down in, in a very concentrated area um, in three to four hours. Some reports would say within one hour, eight inches of rainfall fell in places in the, the Big Thompson um, water basin. This led to, um, led to one of the greatest catastrophes the state of Colorado has ever seen. Um, there was descriptions of the initial wall of water at the peak of the flood coming down the canyon uh, being anywhere from 20 feet to 25 feet in height rushing down the canyon. There were um, over, let's see, here's 418 homes destroyed, um, 52 businesses, 438 automobiles, numerous bridges paved and unpaved roads, power and telephone lines, many other structures, and this flood claimed 144 lives that day. There's a few different, um, you know, some of you might have had connections to people involved to the flood. Uh, there was a story I was reading about even just last night about, um, some of you might have heard of Bill Bright, Bill and Vanette Bright, um, founders of Campus Crusade for Christ. Bonnet Bright happened to be camping up the canyon that weekend with a, a number of women leaders from Campus Crusade for Christ. Thirty-five women were camping uh, along with a lot of the others there and seven of those crusade leaders lost their lives. Eighteen of them, including Bonnet, survived. Um, there were so many tragedies from that and uh, I, I thought there was some... I wanted to set that kind of as a backdrop for what we we're going to talk about here just this morning. A couple lessons for us to chew on here. Uh, another quote said this, uh, The events of that day changed our lives forever and to this day. I know I speak for all the survivors when I say I will never forget that night or the people who lost their lives. I can still see the water and hear the screams of people trapped in their cars in the river. I'm thankful for every minute God gave myself and my family since we all made it out of the canyon and mark each anniversary without fail each July 31st. That was Karen Olive Lambert of Gainesville, Georgia. But I share this uh, as a backdrop to, to a question that uh, someone posed to me. Someone asked me when I was a, a new Christian. And I think it's a question that we can all, all learn from. But I had a friend that uh, when I became a Christian, this was a friend of mine that asked me, you know, why... Why do Christians have to share about Jesus? Why can't they just be like some of the other religions that just keep it to themselves? 
And, uh, you know, I thought about it and at the time, you know, this, this girl that asked me this question was actually my, my ex-girlfriend that through a very hard breakup was led to circumstances that led to me becoming a Christian. And we used to argue often on religious matters and spiritual things. And, and when I became a Christian, I saw, you know, I had thoughts on why we were supposed to share about Jesus. He, he said to, he commanded it. And if you really understood it, it's the greatest news ever. And uh, I tried to explain this to her and she was not buying it. And we were headed towards arguments like in the past. And I just realized, you know, I'm a new person now. I've got to take a different approach. I remember on the radio hearing a, some Bible teaching where they were saying, you know, you can use sometimes these word pictures that are able to take uh, spiritual truth and connect with someone's world in a way that's relevant to them. And I started thinking, you know, I could do that. I could try to take, why do I, why do I have to share about Jesus? Why do I share and connect that with my friend who was asking this question? And I remember at the time, you know, I knew a little about the Big Thompson Flood. And my friend was also a whitewater um, river rafting guide. And so I thought, let's take some of this flood analogy. Let's take some of this whitewater and, and try to help her to understand why, why. Do Christians have to share about Jesus? And, and I, I share with her the idea was like a, it was like if there was a, a river that she was guiding on and, and there was a story of a time when there was a flood in that canyon and maybe there was a dam up at the top that someone witnessed was this, this dam was filling up with water, uh, was starting to break. And, you know, it was back in the old days and say someone was wa- watching this happen and they were on a horse and they realized this is going to break. It's going to wash through the canyon, destroy the people in villages below. And they just decided to ride through the canyon and start warning people and telling them the dam's going to break. You've got to get to high ground. And, and I said, you know, imagine if that person was eventually overtaken by this, this flood coming down the canyon. And, um, and they died. They knew the spot where they died. And you're guiding on this river and you pass by this place where story has it, this, this person gave their life. And I said, you know, imagine even if there's this big, huge rock there that's kind of like in the shape of a big, giant square, like an altar. And, and I said, imagine that you just, you, you knew the story, and when you were guiding, you just, you know, river raft guides, they, they tell you all sorts of stories. If you've ever been, they tell you, you know, why why the, the ducks are there and why the different things. Are, there's a lot of interesting things. But, you know, to, to share about a person who laid down their life warning others. Uh, and I just said, you know, you know, imagine if this happened. Would you, would you feel bad about telling people that you're guiding uh, about this person that laid down their life to warn others? And she's like, no. And I said, well, do you think people should be offended at you sharing about someone's sacrificial act of love like that? And she's like, no. And I said, you know, that's, um, that's kind of how I feel about Jesus. And, and I went on to think about that analogy and add some different components, but that's just what I shared at the time as, as a, a new Christian. And I felt like it, for a moment we didn't fight about it and it temporarily connected with her world going, oh, I could see that. And my life had begun to change. And I think that was kind of like a, oh, what's going on in this guy's life? And, but, but it reminds me of this big Thompson Canyon flood. You know, some of you might have heard several officers lost their lives in this flood as they were trying to warn others of what was happening. They became aware of it and um, I think of some of the last words here from uh, Sergeant Willis Hugh Purdy, a Colorado State Patrol. You know, this is the last thing he's recorded as saying, I'm stuck. I'm right in the middle of it. I can't get out. About a half mile east of Drake on the highway. Get the cars out of the low area down below. These were the last words recorded by Sergeant Willis Hugh Purdy. He was um, 
Apparently he was even off duty. I think he had finished his shift in Greeley when dispatchers informed him about this, uh, this severe weather problem up the big Thompson Canyon. And he proceeded to the canyon uh, to check it out. And along the way he was ordering people to evacuate because of, of what he had become aware of, what they had no idea of. And, and some people took his warning, they heeded it, and, and they got to high ground, and some people did not, and, and many lost their lives, including himself, as he was trying to warn others. And in some ways, I feel like that's just a small picture. Uh, you know, anyone who talks about him, they have a memorial for him and another officer, and no one probably feels bad about these guys saying, look what they did. And, and how much more is that true about Jesus here? A verse here that, that I think speaks to this... Um, Let's see if we can click on this. Um, why do Christians have to share? There's, it says this, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, these officers that were warning people, um, they might not have known anybody that they were warning. It just seemed like the right thing to do, a good thing to do. But we look at what Jesus did in His sacrificing Himself for us. He was laying down His life for people who were His enemies. People who didn't need a God or a Savior. And he laid down his life for those who, who didn't even care for him yet, you know. And, um, and I think, how can, how can I not share with people about this? Arguably the most sacrificial act of love, the most selfless and beautiful sacrifice this planet has ever seen. How, how can I not share about that? And how can we not share about that, men and women? Another thing to think about here is... Um, here we go. You know, um, in the analogy maybe of someone, uh, well, the analogy in the real life story, imagine if you or I, maybe you know somebody who was one of the people that was there, that was warned, that got to high ground, and that was saved from that tragedy. Maybe you know somebody. I read some quotes about one woman that survived it. She was from Estes Park, and she said, you know, every time I think about it, I, I feel a little bit guilty that I lived. And so many lost their lives. And you know, I was just thinking about, well, maybe I guess we would be tempted with feeling guilty, but how much more would... Uh, you know, you think about the person that laid down their life for you. And uh, you know, I was reminded of the old movie, um, Saving Private Ryan. You know, uh, it's, it's not a real situation. I think there were some things out of, out of a book there. But, um, but the idea was that these guys went to go save a guy because all of his brothers had died and they wanted to spare this one. And in the process, this whole platoon of men lost their lives. And at the very end, as Tom Hanks is dying, um, whatever his name was, Captain Miller, I think, and he just tells this guy that's going to live, he's going to make it. He's just, you know, he just tells him, earn this, you know. We all died for, to give you this opportunity, earn this, you know. And in some ways, that's not the message of the Christian life. We're not called to earn it. Forgiveness and being saved from our sins is offered to us as a free gift. But the point is still the same, you know. It's not like a, that officer in the big Thompson flood wanted, ah, oh, hey, you know, as he's dying, he's saying, Make sure you feel bad about this for the rest of your life, you know. You know, I don't think that's what he was thinking. I was thinking he was probably saying, enjoy what you've got. Enjoy your second chance. And same is true as Christians, you know. Jesus doesn't want us to feel guilty. Go, oh, I can't believe someone would die for me. I should just feel so bad all the time. Um, no, I think there's a life of gratitude that he would want us to live. And, and I think about me being one of those people. It's like, in some ways... Uh, Jesus spared me from disaster that, that, I was, that was headed for me. 
And um, hearing the good news about what he had done for me, it changed my life. It altered the course of my life. I feel like in some ways I was given a second chance. I was going down a road. Um, I look back on it sometimes and some of the patterns that I had, destructive patterns with alcohol, with broken relationships. Um, I think there were times, now I can look back and go, you know, there's a couple times um, I probably should have died just related to alcohol. As a pastor, one of the first funerals I ever did was a 19-year-old young man from Fort Collins who, who died from alcohol poisoning. And he wasn't expecting it. He wasn't planning on it. But he's gone. He's buried because of that. And I know that's the course I was headed down and um, these patterns were getting worse and worse. But when I heard this news that, that God still loved me, that He sent His Son to die for all the sins that I had committed, it it changed my life. And I think about um, I think about this verse from Jeremiah. You know, someone was saying, "How? Why do Christians have to share about Jesus?" I think of this verse, like Jeremiah said. This was one that uh, I had memorized early on as a Christian, and it's in Jeremiah saying, "But if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot." How can I not share about what Jesus has done for me, what He has spared me from? The destruction in this life, the destruction, the eternal destruction that I had earned. How can I not share? How can we not share, men and women? Has Jesus saved you from something? Has He given you a second chance? How can you not share with others? How can you hold it in? I agree with Jeremiah. Indeed, I cannot. We cannot hold it in, men and women. And um, Let's see here, this next verse. Another facet I want us to, to think about, we've been spared. We've, you know, it's just fitting to tell what our Savior has done for us. Um, but imagine this. Um, imagine you were that officer, whether, that, whether it was this uh, Sergeant Purdy or some of the others that laid down their lives. Imagine you became aware of this situation that there's going to be a flood, that people are going to die, and you're probably going to die while warning others. What would you have done? Would you have gotten to high ground? Would you have gone home to be with your family? Would you have driven past the flood area to Estes Park to a bar to drown your sorrows because you knew it was going to be tragic? Would you have gone to a strip club and distracted yourself from life as, as you were going to know it? What would you have done? I think we know the right answer. I, I, w- I would have done that. I would have laid down my life. But that's probably something to wrestle through. But in some ways, we have a, a situation like that, men and women. If you call yourselves Christians, disciples of Jesus Christ, we've been given a mission. And um, the mission is to tell people about it, a coming judgment. God's judgment is coming towards us. It's racing to us like a flood. And this generation that we are a part of, men and women, has more responsibility to warn people than any other generation that has lived because it could play out in our lifetime. This verse in Isaiah says, uh, He will repay the enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his, foe, on his foes. It's talking about a godly, uh, a godly wrath expressed against people who have sinned against Him. He will pay them back even to the ends of the earth. In the West, people will respect the name of the Lord. In the East, they will glorify Him. For so He will come like a raging flood. Raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. God speaking through the prophet Isaiah says, 
when He comes back, it's going to be like a raging flood. It's going to catch people by surprise. We've been given a job to warn them. Let's look at this next verse here. Some of you might know this verse uh, out of the Proverbs. It says, Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards the the slaughter. But if you say, We knew nothing about this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to what, he done, what he's done? Men and women, um, we've been given a mission. It's a rescue mission. There are people that are headed to eternal death. God's judgment is coming for all mankind like a flood. It's going to catch people by surprise. But you and I, Christians, we cannot plead ignorance before God. No one's going to say, oh, I never knew I was supposed to do that. We're not going to be able to plead ignorance. And I don't know, in, in the ins and outs of the monotony of life, the mundane, it's easy to go, oh boy, I'm thinking about my bills. I'm thinking about the stresses at work. I'm thinking about, you know, my classes or my roommates or my girlfriend or who I want to have as a girlfriend. It's easy to get weighed down in it all. But at some point, we've got to remember we've been given an urgent mission. We've got to warn people. And we've got to warn people in this generation that we have a responsibility more than anyone else. And that's weighing on my heart here. Um, and I'm praying that God would even burden my heart more with the reality of that. He said, this is, this is what's going to happen and you've got a job to do. And men and women, that's, that's what we exist for as a church, to love people, to rescue them from what is going to happen, the impending danger of God's judgment. And, and to see people's lives transformed as they, as they believe these truths. You know? And so um, I just want to let you know there are some opportunities coming up as a church here. We're doing a series over the next five weeks. It's, uh, it's called What's So Good About the Good News. You know, we're trying to take a positive spin on it. You know? uh, we threw out the idea of you know, what's so bad about hell and do a five-part series on that. But we thought maybe not as friendly. You know? um, this idea about the flood and stuff like that, it's pretty serious. But we're going to try to look at some of the more positive facets of the gospel over the next five weeks um, we're going to look at the subject of forgiveness and how Jesus offers us forgiveness we're going to look at the, the topic of new life and how you can have a new life when you look to Jesus as your Lord and Savior we're going to talk about freedom not only being forgiven for your sins but the freedom to live uh, with power over sin it's not just like uh, you're forgiven when you get to the end of the road and it's going to be a mess until then no, God has given us the ability to, to live a new life with power even over sin and the ruts we've gotten into. We're going to talk about um, family, how when you choose to follow Christ, it automatically makes you a part of a family of brothers and sisters who are trying to do His will together. Jeff will speak to that. And then we're going to finish it with a purpose that um, when, you be, when you respond to this message about Jesus, it gives you a purpose that could change your life forever and change the lives of others. And so I want to encourage you to be thinking about this series. It's going to be five parts. We are going to skip over Labor Day weekend. We're going to have a church-wide picnic. um, So you can invite people to that. Someone's getting married on Labor Day weekend. I don't know. You can go to that if you want. It's way out in in Omaha, but I don't know. I guess if you're in the wedding, you ought to go. That's what I'm thinking about myself. But um, but anyways, we're going to do... And so I want you to to think, you know, the goal of that series is to connect with people who maybe haven't heard the good news about Jesus Christ. The goal is to connect in ways that might resonate with someone uniquely. 
You know, I know for my own, myself, I'll be speaking on just a new life and how I wanted to become a new person. And I wanted a clean slate. Brad will be speaking, open it up next week on forgiveness and how you can be forgiven for all your sins. Um, we'll, we'll cover each of these topics. The, the other thing we're wanting to do, and some of you are going to get talked to about this, but we're hoping to have each one of those teachings to have one of you share a slice of life of how your story relates to, to these different points. It's not just going to be... Um, just us as pastors, we want to involve some of you, and so be ready for that. Um, uh, hopefully, you've been, you, you might not have been asked it. I haven't asked anyone myself. And anyways, but uh, we're also going to be passing out flyers for this. We uh, Jeff mentioned it earlier. We have 5,000 flyers that are really cool-looking flyer that Greg Gerken designed. Nice color, glossy, and we're going to pass out uh, a ton of them in our neighborhood. But we need your help. You know, we need to work together to, to pass these out, to invite people, to give them a, you know, just even an opportunity. I think if God's working on them and they get this thing, you'd be surprised how many people will show up at church because they got a flyer. You'd be surprised how many people show up a year later because they got a flyer. Um, but we're, we're just, we need your help Wednesday night, this Wednesday night. We're going to try to pass out as many of those as we can. Um, encourage you, you know, we're doing this as a church, but the, the goal is uh, we want to share more about Christ as a church. We want to share more about Christ personally, in, individually. Each one of you has a story. Um, you know, and if you don't have a story, we want to help you get a story about turning your life over to Jesus Christ. But you have a story, and some, some of you might feel like, I, I'm not an expert, I don't know much. Well, you know, God's only going to hold you accountable to share what you know to share what you've connected with of, of the gospel and, and pass that on. and uh, So we want everyone to be looking for opportunities. We're going to be doing a lot of activities. Today we've got a barbecue after church. Um, we've got another barbecue at the end of the month. It's going to be a kickball barbecue. So it's going to be fun. It's an outreach event. But, you know, some of these activities, it's easy. If you don't have your head on straight, it's easy to go, Oh, great. Wow. Sam's Club hamburgers another time. This is really great. Um, you know, that's the... The goal is to use these events to invite people to. Not just to show up and decide whether you like the meat or not and meet your standards. Um, but to invite friends to it. To, to meet people. If you show up and you didn't bring anyone, to meet someone there. To love on them. To begin to uh, maybe develop credibility as one who could share this life-changing message with them. It's not just, to, well, can I make it, can I not? What are they, what are they eating anyways? What's at the picnic? Um, we we want to be using these to our, our advantage here. And so uh, I encourage you to be thinking that way, thinking proactively about it. Um, and the last thing I just want to share here, maybe some of you... Um, Put this next verse up. You know, maybe some of you are new to the whole church thing. Um, maybe you don't have a real religious background or anything. Um, and I want to let you know we're glad you're here. Um, really, we've tried to design our church for people that don't have a, a really churchy or religious background. If you get to know us a little bit, we, we want to reach those who maybe haven't been to church, maybe are afraid to go to church, maybe who've been burned by the church. We don't do a lot of um, dotting the I's and crossing the T's around here. Some of our pastors here, rumor has it, have even been known to wear flip-flops while they're teaching. You know, um, these are our church clothes. You know, these. Um, but uh, we we don't have. We've been. You know, we've been given a hard time before because we don't have that many crosses around here. Um, but we want to try to make it a place where you're trying to figure it out. We want this to be a place, a safe environment for you to ask questions. For you to ask questions, why do Christians have to share? For you to hear some answers in a way that connects, whether it's forgiveness or new life or um, freedom or 
family or purpose. But but if if that maybe it represents you this morning, I encourage you to come back. You know. But I also want to warn you. You know that um, I was reading about this big Thompson flood, and there was a few places where you know it was kind of burdened me, but. Um, you know, there were a number of people that were warned that that flood was going to happen. Um, I'll read a couple quotes here. But warnings issued Saturday night by law enforcement officers failed to persuade some of the people in Big Thompson Canyon that a killer flood was approaching Larimer County, Sheriff Bob Watson said. Some of the people were very reluctant to move. We couldn't excite them enough, Watson told reporters. Um, another place it says... Uh, at the lower end of the canyon, it was not raining. Many did not believe the possibility of a flood and did not heed the officer's warnings. Studies showed those that climbed to higher ground had the greatest chances of surviving the flood. Some thought they would just stay put. Some thought they would race the flood in their vehicles down the canyon. Some thought, you know, I've heard this. I read one quote that said, they're warning us all the time about this danger and it never happened. Why, why this time? Some people who were warned did not believe, they did not heed the call, and they lost their lives. You know, in hindsight, I'm sure there's people that would have thought twice if they knew it really, really was going to happen. And I just want to encourage you, if you're visiting, if you're new with us, if you're trying to figure it out, the, um, this, you know, eternity in heaven or hell, eternity with God or apart from God, it's the wrong thing to be wrong about. Are you willing to take that risk? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't really believe in this canyon's never seen a flood like that before. They're always saying that type of stuff. Are you willing to take that risk? My hope is that you wouldn't risk your eternity uh, without without searching it out a little bit. And I would just encourage you, you know, last couple action items for someone like that. Um, and again, I say you're welcome here. We're, we're glad that you would try to figure this out. We, we hope it would be a safe place for you to ask questions. But we also want to let you know, um, you know, you don't know how much time you have. You don't know when this is all going to play out. Um, let me look at a prayer. Maybe some of you might pray. This might be where you're at. But you might even just say, God, if you're, if you're out there, if you're, real, if you're really real, give me a sign. Maybe a simple step like that. Maybe some of you go, I, I know God's out there. I feel like I've seen Him in, in, answer prayers or do things in my life. But you might say, you know, God, if Jesus is really the way to get saved from my sins, if He's really the way to heaven, would you help me to believe that? A simple prayer like that, I think God would respond to that. I'd also ask you to make, think about joining us for the next five messages as we're going to be sharing on some positive facets of, of the good news about Jesus Christ. What's so good about the good news? And I encourage you to join us and just check it out and maybe a few simple prayers like this and it could change your life forever. And that would be my hope, my prayer. Let's pray. Well, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our church, for what you're doing in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to, um, to seek you for opportunities to share this good news, to share the stories you've given us. God, help us do this as a church, to, to sow um, seeds of the gospel generously this fall. God, help us to do that personally. Maybe we have, have not taken our, our call to be on this rescue mission that seriously, but you know... You know uh, what's going on in our hearts. You know if we're just not engaged, if we're distracted, if we're being selfish, if we are trying to plead ignorance about this mission. God, help us to lay down our lives for others like you've called us to and like you showed us how to do. 
God, I pray for those that are just trying to figure it out. God, help them to feel that this is a safe place, that they can come back, Lord. And I pray you would answer any prayers that they would offer to you, even today, even this morning. And, and we just look to you. We thank you uh, again for this glorious day. We thank you for blessing the Firehouse 5K. Pray that you would help us have a fun time at the barbecue and playing softball here uh, this afternoon. And we pray all of this in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining us here and hope to see you next Sunday. Two services next Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock for this outreach series.